If you're ready to confront your destiny, if this is the moment that you've been praying for, tune in and listen to your cosmic cheerleader, Commander Lady Athena, for cosmic pep talks, for closet Christ. The show is the voice of the Ashtar Command. The call is for you to step forward into your greatness. Be listening on Wednesday. We have an appointment with destiny. Greetings and the divine love that we are each a conduit of. I'm Commander Lady Athena, and you're listening to the voice of the Ashtar Command. Cosmic pep talks for closet Christs. Our seminar topic is absolving guilt through grace. So if you're ready, let's take a deep breath together and relax. Completely let the day roll off your shoulders. Quietly present yourself. Relax. Let your attention be completely on this moment. For many of you, this will be a very decisive moment of your life, perhaps the most. This seminar may enable you to step free of the burden, the torment of guilt. So we're going to begin with a prayer. I'm going to evoke a prayer and blessing for each one of us. And for all those who will be listening at some point in the future to this seminar, I'm going to ask if you would like for you to be willing to be set free. It takes your willingness, your assent, and your participation. This is not a seminar to sit idly and listen to. This is one to really internalize and utilize as a vehicle for your own liberation. So let's take a deep breath, and as you do, connect with your highest divine principle. Deep breath. Call it in to the very top of your head and allow the light of your pure being to flood through your entire body. That's it. Let's take another deep breath and let it flow through your emotional body. Now we're going to invite the Holy Spirit to enter into your subconscious areas where you have locked in patterns of guilt, self-indictment, self-punishment, addictive patterns, self-defeating patterns, patterns of unworthiness, patterns of self-sabotage, all manner of addictive patterns, insomnia, depression, suicidal tendencies or attempts, 
a subjective wish to punish yourself or to cause yourself pain. Any attack thoughts that you bring to bear upon yourself on any level. All of that we invite the Holy Spirit to enter in and minister to us the gifts that will set us free. The gift of divine remission, divine redemption, divine clearing. That we may be whole in our recognition of self. Restored to that perfect awareness that knows we have never left the heart of God. If that resonates with you, let's just come into agreement and allow the Holy Spirit to do what it's designed to do. Reconcile our humanness with our divinity and deliver us back into the truth that we are each an embodiment of. Deep breath. Be filled with the Holy Spirit from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. Again, this time go deeper than you did before, opening more and more to the Holy Spirit. Deep breath. Beautiful. There's a tremendous anointing of the Holy Spirit flowing into each of you to the degree that you have opened, that you are allowing, that you are willing to receive. There's a tremendous purple light that's presenting inside the inner gaze. That is the redemptive, transmutating, delivering power of the Christ, of the spiritual travelers, of the office of the Christ, the order of Melchizedek, the presence of Messiah, the presence of the Anointed One, the presence of the Son of God, which is you, and me, and everyone. For God begat but one Son, blemishless, pure, divine love, the living Word incarnate as the soul dwelling in each one of us that we could call the divine principle of immortal love. 
we ask at this time that every single person on the planet, everyone listening, and everyone who will listen at some point, that the spiritual promise of your freedom through grace be placed with you, be it as a seed to come to fruition at some point, or the actual realization and deliverance right now. That that which is greater than all of us in the world could fill us to our highest good degree and openness that would be just right. That those tonight who are suffering great depression, suicidal thoughts, maybe who are contemplating whether to commit suicide, such as their desperation. We release the angels to minister to everyone who is sorrowing at this time, to any degree, at any level. The grace of God, the grace of the supreme love, touch to every single person throughout this planet including the subtle bodies of this planet, those who may be in the various interim states having passed from the physical body. In the name and the power and the authority of the office of the Christ and the order of Melchizedek, may they be set free now to go to their next level that would be for their highest advancement and good spiritually. We pray for all the incoming souls that are being born this moment, that a blessing of protection and grace be placed with them so that they can move readily into the new paradigm energies of the new earth, the Satya Yuga, the age of divine love and peace and truth. That they can minister and give their gifts of loving wisdom from their earliest childhood. They would have the protection to be able to do that. We now invite you, any of you, that feel a burden of guilt, that feel oppressed, heavy of heart, desperate, sad, any of you who are suffering from any form of addictive pattern, insomnia, anxiety, foreboding, fear, paranoia, to just give it up. Take a deep breath and release it into the loving grace of the Divine Spirit. Deep breath. (sighs) 
one more time. Gather it all up. Anything that doesn't sit with love and peace within you, give it up. It's not for you to handle. Give it up right now. Deep breath. And now receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit to fill the areas that you have just released. Deep breath. Receive. Feel the love of God fill every single part of your being. And now through the authority of the office of the Christ and the order of Melchizedek, the Lord Messiah, Jesus the Christ, we place the seal that that which the Spirit has sown within you is preserved and protected forevermore. Baruch Hashem Adonai. Blessed is the name of the Lord. And just experience the warmth that may be filling you now. Beautiful. We're going to chant uh, Hugh several times, the universal heavenly name for the formless, nameless, divine presence. And just allow that to move as a vibration into your brain, which is now in its neuroplasticity, taking new configurations. Your DNA that is now advanced into a higher frequency. And your physical cells, which have just now been renewed to the love and grace divine. This can, beloved, be the first day of the rest of your life, your real life. And that would be our deepest wish for each of you. Okay, we're going to chant Hugh three times. Deep breath. Yeah. 
So just notice how you're feeling. Wow. I feel fantastic. And uh, I can say that I am one who has accepted the gift of being set free through grace. And not of my own works. You see, we do way too much trying to fix ourselves. We were designed, you see, to be codependent. Not to be able to function well at all. Or to be happy at all without a relationship with the divine. The divine lives in you as your very life force. That life force comes down into your head through the pituitary gland and directly as your life stream that's anchored in your heart and flows through your blood. That's why blood has such an esoteric, deep, deep significance. There is victory in the blood. There's the life divine in the blood. There's the unique encodement of your, your entire cosmic history in every drop of your blood. Everything is in the blood that makes you a unique incarnation of the one supreme spirit. That's why some religions do not allow transfusions. Not that we should refuse them if it's a matter of life and death, but just saying. That's how important the blood is. Now, when we, see, we speak of victory through the blood, this planet has come under a blood covenant. It's locked deep in our galactic past, which we know was a play of consciousness in time and space for the education of soul so that it could have all variety of experience. But it also traces back to a alleged war that occurred in the heavens between the two major forces of polarity, the positive and the negative. And through whatever um, root mythology, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm going to be doing a lot of clearing probably, so you're going to have to bear with me. <clears throat> and if you are clearing your throats, that's part of the release pattern. Just let it be what it is and go with it. So we're told there was a war in the heavens 
and that certain souls of an adversarial nature were thrown upon the earth. And we can see this polarized play everywhere we look. I'm not going to get into all of the mythologies and all of the storyline because the the separated sense of self that we call the ego has devised a million stories to explain how the impossible never happened and how the improbable and never existent came to be. <laughs> Remember the Course in Miracles. Nothing real is threatened. Nothing unreal exists. Herein lies the peace of God. So all of the, although all of these storylines explain something that is really something that the egoic separate self has made up, we still have bought into it as a reality. So you have to start where you are and deal with what is until it isn't. And the fact is that most of us have identified with some something we did at some time, some place, whether we remember the source or not, for which we feel guilty and have bought into the pattern of self-judgment and self-indictment. So guilt is simply self-judgment. As if we had that far enough vision to see our whole history, which, of course, none of us do. We can hardly remember last year, the year before, 10 years ago, or 40 years ago. How could we possibly have enough information to judge ourselves? Well, we don't. And we but judge ourselves when we judge another. So, the buck stops here tonight for many of us, for many of you. That would be my prayer. The only thing, according to the spiritual traveler John Roger, my mentor, that we ever have to forgive ourselves for is forgetting that we are divine. But you see, so many people have not even thought of that anywhere related to themselves at all. They've identified with their body, their behavior, their environment, their indoctrination, their patterns, and they see nothing praiseworthy at all, in most cases, about themselves as a human being. This need not be so. There's more information now available on the planet today than there's ever been in all of history. We but need to have the wit to seek out the spiritual food that we need to educate ourselves as to who we truly are, what we're here for, our great, great divine purpose and destiny. We need to teach this in schools. We need to teach this to our children from their, their crib. That you are divine. You are a unique embodiment of the Supreme Spirit. 
in highest truth, you've never left the heart of God. This has all been an imaginary series of dreams, imaginary forays into time and space and role play so that the soul could gain every manner of experience. Your problem is you forgot and you identified with this singular little point in time-space, and you forgot that you are the all that is, particularized into many, many forms. Every name and every form is your name. As God. There is nothing you can look upon that is not your own self. That's a big teaching. So, because of this belief that we've had on this planet, particularly in the Abrahamic religions, that all of this mess started with Cain slaying his brother Abel. That blood was shed into the soil that cries, that cries out. And so, as the storyline goes forward in the Abrahamic tradition, one had to come that was blemishless, without sin. Sin, by the way, being an archery term that means missing the mark. And we've all missed the mark. But what do you do when you miss the mark in archery? You take aim again and you keep practicing and practicing and practicing until you get that bullseye every time. And that's what we call a spiritual path. You keep picking yourself up and aiming once again in the right direction. We all fall down. We all slip. We all fall short in some way because we're not meant to do it alone. We're meant to be co-participatory with the divine self within us. So this lower human personality is always, always the chela, the student of the higher divine self that we are truly in our really authentic being. So... The two sons of Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, Cain took the life of his brother Abel and shed his innocent blood into the soil that sent off a cry. And that cry was answered by the coming of one from outside of our system who came in to our system to enact a redemptive role. It was a role play. And in that redemptive role, blood was shed that blotted out the curse, fulfilled the law, and blotted out the curse that had entered this planet through the shed blood of an innocent being. It made remission which means to blot out. It covered our planet with a new program, one of grace for everyone on the planet. However, most people don't know that. Very few people know that. And so, 
we have to keep reminding people in highest truth they've never left the heart of God. They are eternally immortal, ever one with God, ever pure. You never did any of the things you dreamt you did because this has all been a series of dreams. So the only time we lock into what we call the law of karma or cause and effect is when we identify as the doer of an action. And we're locked into that law through guilt. I remember John Rogers saying many years ago that if we didn't feel guilt, we would not lock in to karma. And he said, I probably shouldn't tell you people that because you could misuse that information. But guilt is the only thing that locks you in to that action because when you feel guilty, it's because you've identified with your separated self. You're identified as being the doer or perpetrator of, whatever that, of that action. What about evil people? There are no evil people. According to Sai Baba, there is not one iota of evil anywhere in all of creation. So where does evil come in? A mind that is functioning totally under illusion or ignorance. So evil is in the mind, not anywhere else. With the correction of the mind comes the correction of the entire life form. So the healing of the mind is what this world is for. And the thing of it is, while we can cooperate with the healing of the mind, we can't heal the mind ourselves. We have to have help. And that's where usually the average life takes you on a path of such disappointment, such loss, such despair, such misery, that at some point something forces you to let go and call for help. So even though it's horrible, the best thing that could happen to a person as soon as possible is that they get thoroughly disappointed, disillusioned, disheartened, lose everything, and are... You know, with their nose on the bathroom floor, nowhere lower to go, or in the gutter. But at that point, they let go and they yell for help. And then all of the love of God and the universe comes flooding into that person, that life, and, and things begin to shift. But until we get over ourselves, it doesn't usually happen. You know, if you have a happy, peaceful life, quasi-happy, quasi-fulfilling, very good family, very good background, you know, you have what you need, you're not going to be very interested in, in going beyond that. So just saying, some of you people who are in the depths of despair, this may be the best thing that could possibly happen because you're getting ready to yell for help and open yourself to a miracle. 
And the greatest miracle is when the soul awakens to the grace of its wholeness. The word salvation, for example, comes from the Latin root salve, which means to heal and be whole. So salvation simply means the awakening to our wholeness. The awakening, which is the healing itself. Now we're all led in our own individual lives to a source that will awaken us. So take stock of your own life and what is presented in your life that has opened you to grace. Grace, salvation, redemption, all of that is a universal, universal principle in these psychic and material realms beneath the realm of soul where you're already whole. But in these lower bipolar worlds where there's duality and polarity at play, you need the assistance of someone who comes that is not into the holodeck programming, but is free, who can enter the holodeck and awaken the ones who have been locked into the program, which is exactly what all of the saints, enlightened men and women, Jesus, Buddha, Krishna, Rama, Sai Baba, all of them, Yogananda, all of them, Guru Nanak, all have come in to do that in one form or another. But it was Yeshua ben Elohim, also called the Son of God, Isa, Sananda, uh, what else do they call him? Uh, well, when, when he walked the Americas, the native tribes were allowed to call him by any name they wished. So he has many, 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 many names. I like to call him the Beloved because we can't argue with that. But realize that this one came as the elder brother of every one of us, not to say that he was unique in any way, but that he was the first in our recent history to fulfill perfectly the divine plan, to fulfill it and to transcend it and supersede it into grace. Before we had been under the law of karma because of the shed blood on the planet, however that mythology that you follow has described that, blood was shed. Innocent blood. And to cancel that, innocent blood had to come and cancel that law that had been set in motion of an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. It's often called the curse, the curse of the law. It's also called the ministry of death. So there's nothing good about an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. It's, it's, it's everything that we would not like to be caught up in. So when this blemishless one came in from outside of the system, Yeshua, Jesus, Isa, Sananda, whatever name you want to call him, he enacted, as he calls it, the last meaningless journey, which was allowing himself to be crucified as a symbol that you cannot touch, hurt, affect, 
or kill immortal love because he resurrected the body and continued on. But he broke that curse by his shed blood, which made remission for the blood that had been shed before through, let's say, in our Judaic Christian traditions, Islamic traditions, that had been shed by Cain. So that's a pretty powerful image. Because if you look back in history, humanity has devised so many ways to ward off the wrath of the gods and to make restitution or uh, to, well, basically, to ward off the wrath of the gods. But many of the methods they resorted to involved the shedding of blood. Blood sacrifice, both animal and human. And you have to remember, we all participated in these sacrificial rites in previous lifetimes. We were both the person that was sacrificed as well as the one at another time that performed the sacrificial rite. In fact, it was interesting. Um, in, in one case that was studied, it was shown that many times heart surgeons had been those Aztecs that cut out the heart of the sacrificial victims uh, in the in, you know in those days, those early days when they did the blood sacrifices. I mean, they took quite literally giving your heart to God. <laughs> they cut the heart out and offered it to their wrathful God to appease him and shed the blood of innocent victims to appease him. And that was really a misunderstanding and a distortion of of the whole the whole thing. But isn't it interesting that very likely the heart surgeon today who is saving lives was the very one in the past who perhaps was cutting out the hearts of these these victims on you know in the pyramids in Mesoamerica. So you know it's just fascinating when you you look at the fact we have been shedding each other's blood forever in a day. That's just what part of what we were doing on this planet. And so these memories are buried really deep in our collective psyche. And right now, with the incoming powerful energies that are flooding our Earth, these deep-seated things are coming up. They're surfacing. And many of you complain of not being able to sleep, feeling extreme anxiety, depression. You don't know where to turn. You don't know what's going on. You're just miserable. That's what it is. It's the subconscious things coming up. So the only thing that needs to be done is for you to offer it up, offer it up, offer it up. And, of course, the miracles, of course, gives very, very simple ways of doing that where you simply say, I don't like the way I'm feeling. Perhaps there's another way that I could look at this. I ask for another way to be shown me. I ask to be set free through grace and that opens the way for the divine spirit to enter your life and start to deal with you. So I would have to ask you, are you in those patterns of judging yourself for something you've done in the past? Or maybe it's something you're involved with right now. You know, if you are, you need to ask for help in getting out of that situation, don't you? It may be a situation that you really can't get out of 
except for the grace of God, that you really need to rely on grace to get you out of your present situation. I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, ask for some help right now. Don't live another day in misery. Are you struggling to forgive yourself right now? Or maybe you feel like you could never forgive yourself or another what happened. Well, you are sure not alone. (laughs) In fact, I'd say as a counselor that every addictive, self-destructive pattern, as well as insomnia, could be traced to unresolved guilt. And then subconsciously we seek to punish ourselves because we feel unworthy. And this is very subjective, but it sets us up for all manner of self-sabotaging patterns. Suffering, pain, financial and romantic failures. It can all be traced to that subconscious desire to punish yourself because you don't feel worthy, whatever, of God's love. So you need help. You need to ask. Sometimes it manifests as a subjective death wish or a depression so deep it can lead one to suicide. You really need to ask for help. I absolutely, 100% promise you that that help is immediately forthcoming. Immediately. Immediately. You are always heard. You are always watched over. There's never a second that you are alone. So, the shed blood of Jesus, the Christ, blotted out completely the sin that had come upon this planet However, it came into the so-called fall. This is called a fallen planet. So whatever the storyline is, it doesn't matter. The, The fact of the matter remains that whatever it was, it was blotted out and canceled in its effect. And the law was superseded by grace. Grace means that when you love God with all your heart and you love your fellow beings as your own self, that's all you have to do. That's it. Love is the fulfilling of the law. And you walk in grace. That's, you know, it takes practice. You have to keep exercising that muscle of divine unconditional love. You keep exercising it. You keep turning over the bad moods, the bad feelings, the negative things that come up to the Holy Spirit, saying, I don't want that. I don't want to feel that. Give me your thoughts, God. Give me your thoughts. Put your spirit in my mind, your spirit in my mouth, your spirit in my behavior. And as you ask, as you keep walking and and doing your best to walk in that higher way, you find that it becomes easier and easier. 
Now I'm going to give you a few very simple techniques. If you're still wrestling with this, <clears throat> first of all, one of the lessons I used to give to my classes in the seminary was to have them write a letter to God. Now, when I wrote my letter to God a long, long, long time ago, I put every name that I could think of. I put Jesus, Maitreya, Krishna, Rama, uh, the mystical traveler, all of the different beings and forms that I had associated with the divine, I included in my letter, dear, and then I put all these names to get everyone and everything I could think of that was a representative of the divine in my life. So the letter went out. And then I poured out my heart and soul in that letter. I confessed the things I felt guilty about, the things I I asked God to forgive me for, the people I had hurt. I asked their forgiveness. I went through the whole litany of my own personal self-indictments and poured my heart out, and I said, I want to be free. I want to be liberated in this lifetime. You know, I didn't know anything about any of this stuff at the time, so I was just winging it out of my own cry out for God's help. And, uh, And then I took the letter and I burned it, you know, so it would be released to God. And then... When I first heard about Sai Baba, I did this. I waited for a whole year. I knew he was my 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 root guru. I knew he was an incarnation of the divine. So I wrote a very similar letter to him, also addressed to the universal God of all things, and all of the the different masters and energies. And it was very dramatic. I accepted him as my guru. And then I punctured my finger and I signed my name in my own blood. I'm very dramatic. Put a little lock of a little bit of my hair in the envelope and I mailed it physically to to India, to Sai Baba. And uh, my whole new, new life began. I was very quickly drawn into his orbit, his presence and under his mentorship. And um, then through his direction, I was placed with John Roger who was the best teacher for me um, to teach me, you know, the path that I have walked ever since here in the West. So after you've done that, you will be led to a spiritual path that's appropriate for you. And it can be anyone because, you know, if it works for you, it's going to make you a happier person, a more peaceful person, a a person who can live more in the higher states of consciousness that's on a track I consider like a, a spiritual path or religion like training wheels. You know, it keeps you it keeps you upright and keeps you from falling into the ditch if you look where you're going. If you get distracted, you know, you're going to go in the direction of where you're looking. So you have to keep yourself focused on where you want to go and not get distracted. That's a daily exercise, a daily practice that, that we have to institute. So initially, writing a letter to God, uh, I found, was very freeing for the people in my class, many of whom, by the way, were Jewish and had a real issue with Jesus or Christ, specifically. 
So those people, I would suggest that they write a letter specifically to Jesus, specifically to Christ, and uh, and just get clear in your relationship. The Course in Miracles speaks about that in great depth, about our special hatred of Jesus and why that comes in. And because he's a symbol, you see, of the Holy Spirit. He's a symbol for God, and that's very, very powerful in the psyche of uh those of us, particularly in the Western westernized nations. So anyway, you will be guided to what is best for you. So since guilt is what locks us into karma, um, we need to stop giving power to guilt. We do it through such silly things like saying, oh, I feel guilty because I broke my diet. I feel guilty because I ate that piece of cake. This is utter nonsense. Just get out of the habit of talking like that. There is no need for guilt, certainly not over something as silly as eating a piece of cake. You know, God's not going to look at the size of your thighs and your waist when you when you uh, move into those higher divine realms. That's not going to be a factor. A factor, the only factor is going to be how much love did you give and how much did you contribute to the well-being and happiness of other people when you were on the earth. That's the only thing you're going to look at when you're on those inner realms, and you are the one that does the assessment and the judging, no one else. So you need to be really at peace with yourself and how you're living And that's all that matters. If your heart is clear, if you're feeling centered in your own well-being, that's it. That's good. Now, the blood covenant cannot be broken. So if you take the path of following the Messiah, the path following Jesus, specifically, that is a very, very simple direct path, which I found incredibly effective in my own life, But it's also universal. When we say the office of the Christ, bear in mind that every single religion comes out and under that office and its jurisdiction. Again, the office is held at the present time by Jesus, Elijah, and Enoch. It's held by them. But before, it was held by other beings. At one point, it was held by Buddha, Gautama Buddha. Uh, Before that, it was held by uh, Zadkiel. The office passes under different people at different times, so it's not a one-of. The next one that will hold that office will be the Master Kutumi. So, you know, don't don't get hung up on a name or associate it with a narrow uh, doctrinal belief system or path, because then, you know, you, you get into the war of my God is greater than your God sort of thing. It just becomes a big silliness. So realize that the Christ is the universal principle of divine love that lives in each one of us as the soul, that's embodied at each level, that has a cosmic uh, manifestation, which we now have as Satya Sai Baba, and it has a planetary aspect, which we now have as Lord Maitreya, and it has an an individual aspect, which you could call your own Christ self, your own Christ consciousness, or you as a son of God. And it's, it's, a, it's a universal principle. It's everywhere. The galactic Christ is usually called Lord Sananda. 
the planetary uh, representative of that that we know historically was Jesus, the Master Jesus. So let's look beyond the narrow definitions that man has man has created that tries to isolate these great emissaries of the divine and tries to appropriate ownership over them. No. God is for everyone. Krishna is for everyone. Rama is for everyone. Sai Baba is for everyone. Buddha is for everyone. Maitreya is for everyone. And so on and so on. So I hope this is clear for you. So do what you need to do to go into yourself because it's all about your human self coming into perfect alignment and relationship with your divine self. That's all we're talking about here. To come into that peace, you really can do it all by yourself in your your room because it's between you and you, your higher self, your lower self. And the one you feed and nurture is the one that is going to grow and mature. So pay attention that what you're nurturing is what you want to be, what you want to present. Don't don't nurture your lower nature if you if you're trying to move to a higher level of consciousness, discern and nurture the best that's in you. Nurture the highest self that you have. But know that remission has already been given you through the shed blood of the Lord that we call the Son of God or Jesus the Christ. Remission, redemption, healing, has been given to you already. It's a done deal. The blood covenant cannot be broken. This covenant was ratified in the shed blood. It grants absolute remission, which means the blotting out of everything that you ever felt guilty about. And then you're invited Put that aside and walk in a new way. We have many, many symbolic acts that we do that are very important in getting that information down into us on a very personal level and into our basic self, our elemental body sense of self. We need to do rituals which anchor that in and communicate symbolically in an act that we can relate to, one of which is baptism. Very powerful. When you go under that baptismal water, symbolically, you die in Christ, you die with Christ, and then when you rise up out of that water in full immersion, you resurrect as a new person, a newborn person with a new life. And... It's exactly like Jesus rising from the tomb in his resurrection. You do that symbolically when you go under in full submersion in the baptism. All of the past is washed away. And you are a brand new person with a brand new life. I experienced that. I've been baptized six times. (laughs) You can't be baptized too many times. You cannot be ordained in the order of Melchizedek too many times. I don't think it's a one-shot only. 
because you go through different seasons, you know. You, you keep getting born again to greater life, born again to greater freedom, born again to greater potentiality as a divine being. You know, we have infinite opportunities to choose again, to relinquish what was and to step forward into a new presentation. And we need that subconsciously. We need to know we can have a fresh start without any of the past burdening us. And so whether you, you, you do the 12-step program, which is very effective, it was started by one of the masters, or you do Christian science, which again was started by one of the masters, or unity, or, or uh, whatever you study, the Course in Miracles, of course, or being, becoming a born-again Christian, that is a very, very effective path for many, many people. Or whether you're a practicing Buddhist or Hindu or uh, a member of uh, Islam or whatever, it doesn't matter. What matters is that you are coming into a place where you are feeling more whole, more loving, more complete, more innocent, more gentle, where there is, you can sleep well at night and you can have a sense of well-being in, in who you are and what you are. You know, you mature this, you see, you mature it gradually and it blossoms and blooms and becomes greater until your whole life becomes one of loving awareness. And you just go about like Jesus did in your daily life and you minister and that's what each one of us is meant to do, to just go through our daily life, and whatever we encounter, we make it better. People need a prayer, you pray for them. People need healing, you pray for their healing. If people need a encouragement, you encourage them. If people need to be set free from some bondage or whatever, you set them free, not in your own name, but in the name of the Beloved whose embodiment and representation you are, now and forever. So it's about being the beloved. Making that your identity. And then you can leave aside all the labels and all of the doctrines and all of the programs, and you just love whatever shows up in your life and see how you can make it happier whatever that person, that situation is. That's, you know, it's such a simple, simple life. So now you know that you receive, you can receive the gift of a new life through grace. You can receive that salvation, that born again as a new being right now. All you need to do is ask the Lord to take over your life and bring you under that divine loving grace that is there for you. It's meant for you. Everyone is worthy. But your worthiness comes from who you are eternally and not what you thought you made yourself into. Your worthiness is in your Christ itself in your true self, your authentic self. And when it says that Jesus was the sacrificial lamb slain before the foundation of the world, 
meets us as a divine program that was already set in motion, for it foresaw the way the plan would work out upon the earth for the good of all beings. And so you come into that restoration of the divine plan upon earth, which now is to bring the earth into the fullness of the glory of God, that it will be like a footstool for the Supreme Spirit. It will be as the presentation of his divine plan, fully presenting upon the planet, which we call the age of the Holy Spirit, the age of truth, the Satya Yuga, the golden age, the new earth, the new paradigm. And you needn't carry that heavy burden of guilt any longer. Offer it to the Lord. Put it under his holy blood. See it dissolve. And see yourself walking in the new covenant of grace. And so we bless each one of you. By the way, there's a lot of good information in the Urantia book. If you're interested more in learning about the order of Melchizedek, there's not too much said in the Bible. It's just a little reference to it. Many believe that it was one of the incarnations of the master we later called Jesus. I don't know about that. But there's a lot of good information in the Urantia book about the order of Melchizedek. So let's go out chanting three Anai hues. The Anai, you see, unifies us all in a spirit of oneness. So you might want to join hands in your mind with all of your fellow brothers and sisters in a huge network of light throughout the planet as we chant Anai Hu. Deep breath. Anai Hu. Blessings and grace. Adonai. Hashem.